Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess... Is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time talking for about. Mortgage Matters. We are here. We are here. We are here. Good morning, everybody. Here we are. Happy New Year. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> here we are. We are here. Feels like that. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't want to make people think it's not going to be a good show today. Because it's always a great show after we've had a couple weeks off. Always. But to this point, though, we're here. We made it. It's uh, seems like we're on the the edge here of the storm front. It's windy yeah. and cold. Those still that. dry. Lined up for a few days, a few wet days here. Man, John Lindsay's nice. report said that it's going to between today and next Monday that it's going to rain like uh, a pretty impressive amount, like in the in the inches. So that's exciting. <laughs> well, I, sh- wow. I should hope so. <laughs> well, I we sh- might get whole digits of rain. An integer. You're laughing, though, like... Um, hey, I'm happy. We don't, <laughs> we don't see it that much. I mean, you remember those last couple storms was talking about getting something more than it was, and we got like a dusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this... This go around though, it looks like I, I was trying to pull it back up. This seems to be a problem with the internet here, uh, mm. sir. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm on. I, my, I'm, I'm doing okay. Dan's, I'm you're good. on, right? I'm good. Yeah. Nine three nine three. No, no oh no, it's that. the <laughs> give the password out <laughs> yeah, of over there. Wait a minute. If you want to park outside and use yeah, the internet, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's on. It's on. We're, so, we're interneting here. I understand that it's on. It's just I'm hourglassing and still. Uh, so maybe it's uh, just me. Perhaps you need to reset the the old phone there. Could be. <laughs> Is the computer working? I don't know. God, we're surrounded in electronics here, folks. <laughs> it's high tech, high tech radio. I guess the Well, at least Dan's not having a headphone emergency today. No, no. You know, it took they really these headphones should come with a class or something. Some kind of online tutorial. I will say the instructions are pretty poor. It's they they throw out a couple of illustrations with minimal verbiage and expect you to just understand. And and they put these buttons on the headphones that you're not supposed to press otherwise it drains your battery secretly. Yeah, I we, figured it out though. We I got, got my grandma an iPhone last year, <laughs> and um, a lot of conversations like these. Dan. Yeah, this is funny. <clears throat> Operator error, confusing electronics with buttons. Uh-huh. You know, I got one of those robotics. <laughs> I got one of those robotic floor sweepers the other day for the hardwood floors that goes around. No and way, it figures out a pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the instructions is don't put the floor sweeper in the oven. Oh yeah, really? 
I wow. Could, yeah. You always love those, <laughs> like, love those warnings because you know they only have it because somebody already did it. So it's like, yeah. a, it's like a Roomba, right? It's a, yeah. it's yeah. like, like or it has a robot. Yeah, it has like a home station and then it just yeah. GPSs around your house vacuuming up. Yeah. There. It's pretty did cool, you, actually. Did you see the internet, um, sensation of Roomba versus puppy poop? Oh, no. <laughs> and it drags it all around your house. Uh, no. Fred lightly on that word there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you don't have a puppy, do you? disastrous. <laughs> yeah. You do? Uh, no. Cat, but... Okay. Yeah. How's the cat like the Roomba? Uh, <laughs> not. Not a big fan yet. <laughs> I like it. It's well, underneath the couch. That's kind of cool. There you go. You know, I don't have to move that anymore. You know? But, nice. uh But, yeah. But, yeah, I couldn't believe it. It's like, yeah, don't... don't I moved it, my yeah. couch just last week to vacuum under it. Nice. It's a very heavy couch. Yeah. And um, before vacuuming could commence, it was like mm-hmm. 36 pens, pencils, crayons, <laughs> and markers, mm-hmm. a few socks, a lot of hair ties. Hair ties? Women must pull a hair tie off and just disregard <laughs> it. Just <laughs> put that yeah. over there. That was- Shove that under here. Um <laughs> Because my my wife and daughter, they're always looking for one. And I'm like, well, pick up a cushion. (laughs) You looked under the couch? (laughs) Look at at the cupboard where we keep the Christmas china. Uh (laughs) They'll be there. They're everywhere. Crazy. Anyhow, Hmm. um, Jim, I don't know if you heard the government is shut down. Yeah. You did hear. I did. Sort of been kind of in the news a lot the last few days. Has it had any impact on your life? Um, no, actually. No? <laughs> none. Yeah. Maybe um, none that you notice. None that you're no, aware of that yet. I know so far. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, we, have, we have people who are trying to get USDA loans that are having trouble closing. Yeah, there's some the impact. USDA's on, their, all their employees are furloughed right now. That's right. And USDA put some pretty clear guidance together. Um, they do not want loans to be like signed and funded during shutdown periods. You know, the, the shutdowns happen periodically. This surprises some people that are just now tuning in to um, political drama, but it happens. Um, and so much more frequently in the last decade than. I ever remember before and maybe it's just i'm more tuned in or or what but it seems like it's almost an annual thing anymore I, do you um, feel that way or i mean the pace really seems to have picked up on these shutdowns it's i don't think it's annual um you know basically i think what we had one in 17 16 and then 13 there have been some contentious fights lately. Yeah, maybe it's just the recent three and years. Arguably. So. Well, and so shutdown, though, we hear shutdown right. we several hear times it, a year, right? And then they avoid it by kicking narrowly, the road. Narrowly avoided right. by some weak little Band-Aid match um, that will allow them to raise the debt ceiling to continue funding the government until they get to the next piece where it's time to fight again. And so... Um, yeah, it's it's not super option uh, often, but it has impact. You know those little things, and um, I'm not sure. 
that I I haven't gone into research this. I'm not sure I understand um, you know, how it affects folks on social security or uh armed services, veterans, all those kind of things. I mean, I imagine there's there's a variety of people out there for a whole host of reasons that are having some impact from the shutdown. On on our radar, uh it really seems to be affecting uh, the USDA loans, if you're in the middle of a transaction using a USDA loan right now, you are in a hurry up and wait pattern until the um, the government agrees and, and gets back to normal business. Looks like you would get a Social Security check during a government shutdown. Well, I've heard it may start affecting more people pretty soon is when you start getting tax refunds. Some I heard those tax, tax refunds, refunds won't be issued. Won't be issued until after the government shutdown is taken care of. What's a tax refund? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's no. a lot of, you know, the Coast Guard, I believe, is working right now uh, without without pay. If I heard see that. Where the, I can't see where the Coast Guard would be not essential. No, they're definitely essential. Yeah. Coast Guard? Yeah. I mean, I would essential. Think, I'm pretty sure they're essential, especially, yeah, living here in California. Well, much of much of the federal stuff feels pretty essential, mm-hmm. right? I mean, some things not. Like if we were talking about like the bathroom cleaner guy at the Yosemite State Park. Yeah, I was I, just thinking about campgrounds and stuff. I mean, it depends. If you're a camper, it feels kind of essential. If you go to parks a lot, it feels kind of essential. If you don't, then it doesn't feel essential. Yeah, and if you're like a campground guy at a federal um, mm-hmm. campground that's being furloughed, right? you're being used as a pawn in a greater fight. But the others, though, you know, like obviously there's so much other that um, employees that aren't being furloughed, mm-hmm. and, and they're careful to say that it's for non-essential employees. I did see, Dan, um, since 1976, um, when the current current budget and appropriations process was enacted, there have been 22 gaps in budget funding, 10 of which have led to federal employees being furloughed um, prior to 1990s. So that run from 76 to 90s um, to 1990 a funding gap in the government didn't lead to shutdown. So that's perhaps why you're feeling like you're seeing a little bit more um, recently or seeing it a little bit more. Um, George H. Bush had a shutdown. Bill Clinton um, had two. Um, Let's see here. And then, of course, uh, President Obama had um the big one 17 dayer um it's not about bill clinton's was 21 days so we're barely scratching at the surface of this thing here in terms of how long it could go to set a record i've seen i've seen the little tweets and stuff now looking like man i'll shut this thing down for years yeah and I know right oh, now well, we're it's, at 15 days now. Is it is it that far? It's the 21st, I believe, or midnight on the 21st, that Friday. Yeah. That Friday before the Christmas weekend. This yeah. is this is the third Trump shutdown. I think the biggest issue is probably just the the employ- the workers who aren't getting paid. I mean, yeah, a lot of them have 
you know, good, stable paychecks when they are working and they have good benefits and things. But when they're not, they, I mean, these people aren't necessarily independently wealthy. They, they rely on that paycheck to pay for bills. Um, I know I have a, a cousin who lives down in, I think he lives down in Arizona, shows how much I keep in touch with him. But I found out recently that he's, uh, he's worked, he works for border security, border patrol. No way. And, um, his, yeah. And he's kind of been stressed about, I mean, he still has to do his job, talk about essential services and, um, but just the stress on their family financially, one income household, you know, not. So he's working, but not getting paid. Yeah. Wow. So they're having a, you know, a little bit of financial stress right now. Um, so I think that's the biggest toll right now. Sure. Well, there's probably some people listening that are. Uh, It will have a trickle down thing too. Cause like, you know, those people won't be able to afford to go out or. Well, and then the big question or anything like that. So, you know, well, even beyond that, I mean, the talk, how about paying rent and, and some of those things there, you know, yesterday I saw, um, press conference with trump on the white house lawn and they were asking you know what would you encourage landlords and you know utility companies etc cetera, etc cetera, to give these guys some lenience on payment and he said oh i think they will well will they <laughs> if they can yeah i mean if you if i was your landlord and you're a federal employee and i was in a situation where money was tight for me right what happens and if my it's mortgage just a landlord, is the same as the rent man yeah. oh, i'd love to be the the high and mighty and let you have the hall pass until our politicians can learn how to play nice but um if, if you can't you can't it's That's, one thing if it's a big reit group that owns your property it's another thing when it's you know joe smith down the street (laughs) yeah and um unfortunately that that's sort of the interesting thing about like uh you know debt service and income and things like that these aren't matters of the heart they're generally speaking they're these are uh mathematical equations that you just have to have it so um yeah wondering actually to break in but doesn't Trump has a real estate arm in his business, doesn't he? Oh, He's like sure. primarily real estate. Yeah. yeah, so what are any of that's rentals? So, oh, a lot of it. So He's a I'm huge landlord. Is he going to be like same way? No. <laughs> it's okay gonna, because the government shut down that you don't pay the rent. Will he houses. be one of those guys that offers yeah, leniency? I, I don't know. <laughs> well... Who knows? Uh, yeah. On the old Google box here, I looked up... Of course, up. he's not in charge of that company right now, but anyway, right. As of January 2009, um, which apparently is the most recent data, um, the federal government, excluding postal service and soldiers, employed 2 million civil workers. The federal government is the nation's single largest employer. 2 million employees? Yeah. So, I mean, out, out of total population, you're talking about less than 1%. But um, in terms of a single employer, right. though, it's big. Starbucks has got to be getting close to that now. <laughs> got to have like 2 million stores in the country, right? I have crossed the street from a Starbucks <laughs> to, to go, go to a Starbucks with a shorter line. <laughs> okay. 
And I think many of them have been built since 2009, which makes me think there must be this stat might be outdated. Let's. Um, <laughs> you must have passed a federal employee or two on your way. You'd have to. <laughs> I'm going to ask the Google box that. How many Starbucks uh, employees are there? So let's see. As you're looking that up, what other... Uh, do you have an answer? 238,000. Oh, not even Ooh. close. <laughs> not even close. Not even a quarter. Although oh, that is from but 2016. if there's 10 employees at each Starbucks, boom. No, no. That's, it says 238,000 employees. Oh, employee. Oh, I thought you said stores. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not even close. Um, yeah. Let's see. We are in the mortgage world. We're seeing a little bit of difficulty getting tax transcripts. Yeah, tax transcripts are hard. So, But they haven't been required as much in the last year or two, it seems like. Yeah, we're we're back to a little bit of trust there that the um, the tax. tax returns you give us are the ones that you also give the IRS. Right. It's funny. I always like to tell people, especially when I'm when you're signing this disclosure face to face. Whoa, Walmart employs 2.1 million people, but only 1.4 in the U.S. Oh, see, that's yeah. why. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, when people are signing that, so there's a disclosure for those of you that haven't done a loan in a while. There's a disclosure that we have you sign called the 4506, and the 4506 is a transcript authorization request form. So we have you sign this. We then uh, use the IRS's system to basically say, "Hey, this client has authorized you to release a transcript of their tax filing to us," and. As funny as that sounds, um, the explanation as to why, I think, is a good one. So, as you could imagine, so you go in, especially in the pre-electronic age, right? Like, back in the early 2000s when we were doing home loans, we'd have the, like, the self-employed painter guy would show up with his tax return um, and just have, here you go, and this is the tax return that this guy uses to do loans, and... Um, we found out later from some um, fraud investigation that, wow, there was a shockingly high amount of people that had a tax return that they used for qualifying for loans. And then the actual tax return they provided to the IRS had different data altogether. And so you could see how there would be uh, a desire to inflate the income on the the one that was being shipped around for credit purposes and then there's, of course, a propensity to lower the taxable income on the one going to the IRS. And I, obviously with self-employed people, that's where you're going to see – you're going to run into that the most, right? Um, so anyhow, we started requiring a 4506. And um, for the first few years, it was easy enough just to say, well – and we're going to have you sign this form so we can check your taxes that you gave us against the IRS. And that would probably shake out somebody right there that was, um, you know, knew that they were using a bogus copy of tax returns. So we ran them for years and 
yeah, lately it's gotten back to the point where um, it's just not that necessary to run them on every transaction. Usually, too, with a wage earner that gets a paycheck and a W-2, their income's easily... It's already triple verified with the yeah. pay stub, the W-2, and the tax return. Yeah. Um, but some <clears throat> transactions still require a 4506, and we'll run them... Um, there's some other benefit to it, too. For example, it tells us whether your taxes are paid. So you right. might file your taxes and have a $20,000 tax bill at the end of the year. Um, and we may not know otherwise if your taxes... So let's say you're on a payment plan or you're negotiating a payment plan. You're not yet delinquent enough to have something appear under public records. That's good information for us. So there's some of those things. And then otherwise, um, you know, we'll find discrepancies every now and again where an accountant made a tweak between um, some something on a schedule of the tax returns where they applied a depreciation or an expense or something that um, maybe wasn't on that first round and it wasn't a significant change but um a change nonetheless that that made it into the final irs submission so we catch some errors from time to time but been a really long time since anybody got caught caught like just full-on being fraudulent with those so while those transcripts might still be required on certain files those loans can still typically get funded and then the transcript can follow right afterward but the usda loans were were at a hard stop with because that USDA agency looks at every single loan issued and they issue a guarantee right. and it's issued by their office it's not something that any bank or lender can can do on their behalf it's, yeah we call it the USDA rubber stamp um, <laughs> but what's one of the things that happens in the background is that there are regional USDA offices so when your loan goes in for like final Right before funding, it, it gets, you know, the USDA underwriters, and we've made the determination that it's a good loan that fits eligibility, but it still drops onto their desk for the rubber stamp. And um, that rubber stamper guy isn't there today. No, nope. they are on furlough. One other thing, not related to the shutdown necessarily, but um, related to the new year, we saw the expiration of the uh the Home Affordable Refinance oh, Program. Finally. HARP. Now those little ads on my Facebook will go away where Obama wants me to refi into a 15-year HARP loan. Yeah, the, there's a Fannie Mae and a Freddie Mac version of the program. The Freddie Mac was the relief refi, and the the Fannie Mae was the DU refi plus. Um, so both of those programs expired. That was the program that would allow you to refinance if your home was... Um, you know, if you owed more on your home than the current value, or it accommodated some other um, quirks to your current credit situation or debt to income situation. But primarily, it was used for underwater refinancing for people who previously had Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac loans. So um, I think, you know, we haven't seen, I, I, did we even do one of those last year? I think maybe we did one last year. Um, but it's definitely seen a big decline in You know, volume. the last handful of them that we even did were for people that equity really wasn't the issue anymore. They just happened to have a Fannie or Freddie-owned loan from that vintage, and um, they Pricing had a high debt-to-income ratio, or 
Yeah, pricing is better because of some um, adjustment caps or mortgage insurance caps, or or right. or the that you didn't need mortgage insurance, but that really fell to the wayside. Um, and again, at this point, you have to have a loan that's over ten years old now to begin with. So, how many people have the loan that they've hung on to for ten years? Is pretty rare. Yeah, I think the volume dictated that that program expired. I. I was surprised, I was surprised that, yeah, the, 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 that final year. The several extensions that they did have, it was like, really, is that even relevant anymore? Yeah. Um, and it's not. It's it's Gonzo now. So um, it's a break time. So we got to go ahead and do the first commercial break here of the show. When we uh, when we're at break, we hope you'll listen to the sponsors here of the show that help make it possible. And we get back, we'll have more mortgage matters. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gains locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great service men and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-4783. NMLS number 328-358. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show.
right, guys, welcome back. Not trying to say anything about the government here. Yeah. Well, don't put them down as arrogant. Winding <laughs> down the day's events. Anyway, all right. <laughs> Well, I just made a grave error, Jason. Oh, I looked at my iris statement for December. I just looked at it. I don't know what made me do that. I think I was just thinking about the terrible December for stocks. Yeah, and thought, hmm, I wonder. How bad I got hurt. How balanced is my IRA? Did it withstand the, the what, 10 to 20% drop in the stock market? No, it got hurt. It fell 6.5% for the year, year-over-year year decline. I remember... And most of that was in the last month. I remember earlier in the year I was outperforming you, so then you were... Um I outperformed your loss. You were, yeah, <laughs> you were eager to join my allocation stra- strategy, and then, um, yeah. Anyway, I mine when I click the old view oh, down six point one two percent. I exaggerated. Mm. It wasn't six and a half. Six point one two percent down for the year. Aren't, isn't the IRA thing supposed to grow? It's supposed to grow, right? That's the whole idea. Supposed to grow, but lucky for you, you have years now of it being able to grow. You should actually be really happy. I mean, really, Dan, if you wanted to stick your like your pin in the voodoo doll that is the stock market here, what you really want is these things to to plummet to like you know half again. Is then you'll have all those opportunities to keep buying these shares at the half, right? Still up five percent since two thousand twelve. See, that's good. Mine's up 4.35 since 2012. But yeah, whatever. I don't care. This is like fake dollars anyway. Right now. Right now they are. <laughs> Later, they're really going to matter. They're like, real dollars when they come out of my paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Anyhow. Man, I'm going to close that thing real quick there. So Yeah. Yeah, we stock market's taking a beating at the end of the year. Uh, has it? It did at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, it did. Every time I looked, it was like, oh my goodness, look at how bad the stock market is. And the bond market. Just, oh my. Did the, you ever predict that the bond market would fall? I mean, last I looked at the, it, it was like 2.6 something. Yeah, it's 2.65 today. There was, a, there was a time last week when I looked down, it was like at 2.55. And I was like, hang on a minute. This thing actually, like, we're just full blown tanking out of the stock market, and the bond yields are going to go where? I know. Absolutely mind-blowing. And, of course, we have seen some really nice pickup in the uh, in terms of interest rates. Yeah, what's for, a 30-year fix now? Um, if I, I do the old one-and-a-half to one-and-three-quarter add to the 10-year, we're like mid-fours? Yeah. Mid-4% 30-year fixed again? I mean, depending on your scenario, of course, but... Um, it's like 2013. I don't know. <laughs> Throughout a year. 
(laughs) (laughs) This is the lowest it's been in 31 consecutive quarters. But still, I thought when 5% interest rates hit, I thought there was no looking back from that. And here we are. Well, the so, you know, the stock market. So things are changing a little bit, and I suppose this is a good time for us to talk about that. Things have been evolving a little bit. Um, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, and I think you kind of stood me up on it a little bit, which I accepted at the time. But the Fed, the Fed's basically at this point now where they said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna switch more to a wait and see mode now, right?" Which has taken a bit of the confidence off of two rate hikes, you know, this year and two rate hikes next year, and no, the whole thing. Right now, the next rate hike scheduled for March. I mean, that's really the next really probable meeting, um, and. Expectation right now is around a 50-50. We really don't know. And and five months ago, it was, well, that's for sure. We're getting a rate hike. We're supposed to get three of them. Right. And March is the really obvious one, right? Now we think two. Well, now we think two. But also, though, at every opportunity these guys are out in the Fed speak we get in the press is, hey, we're on a a wait and see. We're going to wait and see what happens and see what the economy can... Um, withstand and the also lately inflation is beginning to sort of tail off under the build that it was getting part of the concern and fear there is that this is related to fed rate hikes and so um, we're sort of seeing a little bit of shift in mentality in the fed over in the, um, the stock markets here um, we definitely have seen a shift right went from um, really optimistic to like, you know, if the stock market was a party, it was, we were calling all our friends saying, I can't believe you're not here. This is amazing. And now it's kind of like, uh, this party's winding down. We're out of beer. The, you know, it's late. The music stopped. The cops are here. This party kind of sucks. And we lost all of the gains of 2018 finished up, um, with nothing to show for it in terms of actual real gain in stock market. Um, and now we're beginning to see globally, we've got these broader fears too. You guys saw this week, one of the big drops is, so yesterday we had a stock market recovery, right? 750 points up. Um, we had a day this week where, um, Apple cut some of their guidance on account of a really soft demand in China, which is predicting, um, perhaps a a global slowdown and so now we have eyes back on the whole global slowdown so we're we're concerned there um came out of the um so when apple stated that their earnings were down due to a failed demand in china um we also saw um white house economic council say um we expect more companies with exposure in china to have similar guidance reducing uh those profit expectations and um so that's going on now right so a little shift in the fed a little shift in the stock market a little shift in the global economy um and then we also ended up with um you know we're starting to see this really flat curve in um, the treasury curves. We're seeing um, there's some curves, uh, you know, we hear things about the inverted yield curve and these other things, but the flattening yield curve that's happening lately, um, it's not a, it's not an 
it doesn't mean for sure that we're having this a recession, but the this curve flattens and oftentimes inverts um, before recessions, right? So there's times when it flattens or times when it threatens to invert and times that it gets close to that where we don't have a recession. Uh, but we're seeing those patterns now there too, which predicts a recession. So those are the things I think that lead to this wild volatility in the market. So let's talk about yesterday. Um, wow, yesterday. The the Dow, like I said a minute ago, recovers and closes up 750 points with all this headwind, right? This is all these things that we've been talking about. Um, but a super strong employment report. Yeah. I mean, one of the best of the year. Um, yeah, the second best of the year, in fact. Um, and there's a few things about this. We spent a little bit of time here talking. Um, we expected to add some jobs. Um and boy, did we. <laughs> did we expect 300,000 jobs? We, oh, we expected 185,000. We got 312,000. That's a, I mean, that is a bumper crop right there. It's just, it far exceeds what anybody was anticipating. It's a real head scratcher. Um, there's a little bit more to be, to be happy about there, too, though. Hourly earnings were plus 0.4%. 3.2 for the year, I think, was yeah, the number. which is a very strong number. Um, so it's very difficult to make any argument that there's um, a soft spot in the jobs market where you have to really look at that and, and feel good about it. Now, the unemployment rate clocked in at 3.9%, which is an increase over the 3.8 where it's been. In fact, they wanted some 3.7 uh, was even in some of the expectations. It went the other way. That was, um, I think, one of the most surprising, if not one of the most positive parts of the employment report yesterday in that there's still more people on the, you know, uh, unemployed on the sidelines who weren't working for work who are now work trying to look again. Right. And um, I'm just, I continue to be surprised at this, this slack I guess, in the jobs economy that keeps to show itself, that keeps showing itself um, with these these people, I, I feel like we're ready to hit 3% unemployment because we just can't, there's no other people to employ, but here they are. They keep coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. So 2018 with that J December jobs report, so this is going to get scored in the 2018s, right? Though it's affecting us here in the 2019 because this is a leading indicator of, of what we should expect going forward. Um, that put uh, U.S. employment above 150 million jobs for the first time. That was a big month. Uh, again, the first time. That's a big month. Um the year-over-year -year increases in wage was the highest since 2009. The labor participation rate, which you just referenced, um, this is the percentage of working-age people that have a job or are looking for a new job increased to 63.1%. That's the highest level since September of 2017. So jobs-wise... The economy seems like it's on pretty firm footing. And um, it'll be interesting to see going forward how these things translate, you know, how how does it work out? Um, some of the some of the stock market things and the bond market things, I think, got wonky because it was year end. 
I feel like that's always the case. We've also had, um, since we had the midterm elections, there's a little bit of uncertainty, right? I mean, Democrats have taken back the House. And in doing so, um, I think some of what we're seeing in the market here is, you know, um, what happens now is... Does that cause some uncertainty? Does that mean that there could be some growth? I mean, there's some lack of growth. You remember some of the commentary when the tax stimulus package passed. Some of, you know, our new Speaker of the House at the time talked about it as crumbs and how tax reform was reform was essentially a fraudulent behavior that was um, negatively impacting people, uh, really. And so does that mean now with that shift in power that we should expect that there'll be, this will be now a time of stalemates or a time of undoing a time of, of not advancing what we thought prior to that was what would happen for the next two years. Potential is obviously greater. Potential, exactly. And so the uncertainty is greater. And that uncertainty, I mean, that's one thing. I remember talking about this back um, during the recession years when we first started the show was that um, one thing that markets don't like is uncertainty. And so if it if it's causing uncertainty and then it's sort of like the uncertainty begets uncertainty and now you just have these days where you're – 500 points down one day and 500 points up the next day and things feel real haywire. Um, and I like to think that every now and again, um, something real grounding comes along, like a jobs report like this that says, hey, everybody, you still got to go to work tomorrow. And the good news is the jobs market's real strong. Wages are going up from that standpoint, at least right now, the future looks pretty bright. And you know, and I remember feeling that way back then when, when we had, you know, you remember when we would see unemployment claims coming out at seven, 800,000 a week, every single week, and we would see the economy just shedding hundreds of thousands of jobs a month, every month. Um, I remember thinking, man, it, you have no choice right now, just go one day at a time. And so part of me is like that now. We're like caught up in all these what ifs and if thens and Fed speak and interest rate hikes. And, you know, we know all those things. And the good news is that the job market's pretty good. If you don't have work, you probably go find it right now. Um, if you do have work, join the, join the bands of others that are looking for better work and making more money with better work. So, um, that those things are, um, help, I think, to provide a little bit of that of that certainty. And I was happy yesterday to see the market celebrate on that news and, and grab some of that money back. And then of course, couldn't, couldn't fail to recognize that it's also the new year. So it's time to dig in and start making money again. Right. If there was any selling of, you know, and sometimes people sell to realize profit. Sometimes people sell to realize losses, right. To get their tax write-offs in there, knowing that they can get back into the market and, you know, the next week and be fine. Um, so some of that is just gameplay. And so, you know, here we are in the new year where I got to believe the only way to go is up. I'm sure we'll have some big swings on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I don't, I don't <laughs> doubt that. Seems like that's I the norm, I don't doubt right? that at all, Dan. In fact, I'll be disappointed if that doesn't happen. This and there's always the economic uncertainty of the weekend, too. Yeah, you never there know. You know so. they, the... <laughs> The folks on Capitol Hill are talking this weekend, so 
Could be big news. We don't know. Yeah. Could be. I don't know, man. Sometimes no news is big news. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder, though, you know, in terms of this, the government shutdown probably does set the tone right here, right? If we are sort of waiting in limbo and wondering and wanting to see how this fight, if this fight leads to um, sort of a foreshadowing of how other fights are going to go down in this political climate. And I think this is why we're shut down for as long as we are right now, right? Does either side... Um, in, in terms of the politicking of this, uh, if you're Republican or you're Democrat, do either of you gain favor today with the government shutdown? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. In fact, um, I could I can hear the arguments already mm-hmm. from both sides of the aisle about how it's the other's fault. Right. It's the, just right? A, the blame is just as partisan as the mm-hmm. the argument itself. Right. And then exactly. you get me. And then you get me though. Like you get me out here at the the fringe looking in on this thing. It's like you guys are petulant children. Um, the whole political system, and now I start to roll my eyes in general at the whole politicking thing, and just be like, maybe it's time for me just to take a break from all this. I got a crazy idea. You wouldn't have to have these shutdowns and debates if you would just sp- don't do the deficit spending thing every year. Every single year, we spend more than we bring in. Is that that doesn't work for households? Why should it work for the government? It sounds so simple <laughs> when you say it like that, though, Dan. Kind of, kind of romantic in a way. Just don't live beyond your means, right? Can but we see? Shut, can we but shut the down? living, but the living is the services, and the means are the taxes. So, do you want to cut the taxes, raise the taxes, cut the living, or raise the living? I want to streamline the expenditures. And you would be good at it. If I could put <laughs> you in there, if I could put you in there, I would I would There is so much money in this country that there's so much money. We could solve all the problems if we just spent money efficiently. But I disagree with you on how we spend it. Uh, but we could spend it on all the things you want and all the things everyone else wants. And still have some left okay, over if but, it was spent But if it's the things I want, like I want to subsidize corn for like <laughs> the production of ethanol. Um, I don't know. There's so much money in this country. <laughs> you know what? There like is that, so much money. That's where we get all this eye-rolling stuff. It's like, wait a minute. The government's subsidizing what? There's so much money in this country. Don't outlive your means. I think that, I mean... It seems What's like that? a basic thing. What? There's a saying here. Jim loves it when I do these saying. Um, okay. It's something like this. Um, when your outflow exceeds your income, then your upkeep will be your downfall. Wow. That's just like, that's the thing that I scratch my head at with this is like, look, if you're at home right now and you're like, we're close. So it's the first of the year. Okay. Let's do this. Let's have this fun with people here. How many people want to get their financial affairs in in order this year or make headway at it? I got to believe that a lot of folks that are in charge of households um, care about this stuff, right? So you got to sit down. And you got to understand 
your budget, right? You got to understand your income. Um, and for some people, that's easier to do than others, right? If you have a guaranteed paycheck that, like, say you're on Social Security, um, understanding your income is pretty simple. Um, now, if you're a self-employed painter, understanding your income could be very difficult, okay? And your budget in both cases is severely important. You can't ever have your spending exceed your income unless your savings are significant. Um, and last I checked at the federal government level, our savings are not significant. Um, <laughs> do we have savings? We don't do have, we savings. have no. a savings account. <laughs> we have a uh, $22, $22 trillion dollars, um, negative in the savings. Like yeah. the banker is calling us every day saying, we're shutting off your power. Um, and we know we're going in the hole another trillion every year. Yeah. And then, so if you don't have it with savings, back to the household level, okay. if your savings can't make up your budget deficit, then, um, God forbid, here you go with your visa. Um, now you're needing to put essential things, right? Like maybe even your rent on your visa. Um, and by the way, there are some people on Social Security that last month paid their property taxes with their visa card. I know this. I meet these people. Th- that's a real thing. Um, but you have to figure that out, right? You have to figure out At how At some that... point, the visa stops extending you credit, right? Uh, unless you're the federal government <laughs> where they raise well, the debt ceiling, right? They basically grant themselves a credit line uh, increase here. And that's the fascinating thing to me. Um, so this shutdown, I mean, in a nutshell, that's what it is. You've got priorities on both sides of the aisle. Um, even if the priority is only obstructing the other as it usually is um, over the agreement, not just to balance the budget, but to um, agree to raise your visa limit. Like, let's figure the whole thing out. This These arguments are such a distraction to the broader picture here that we need to figure out how to balance this stuff and get it in order. Yeah. I understand it's not easy, uh, but I have to believe that um, the folks on these committees, the folks in Congress, uh, these are bright, bright people, um, mostly. Doesn't one of these parties care about which which one's supposed to be fiscally conservative? And and <laughs> I think I'm failing to understand what that even means, because it seems like it's been a while since we've had... Might be a buzzword Revenue anymore. that exceeded yeah. uh, expenses. Well, it's difficult, though, you know, because, like I said, if we sat down and you wanted to get to the heart of the matter of going in and questioning every single dime and every single dollar, every expense, um, you would quickly uh, become flustered with what we spend our money on as a country. Um, and then those become the distractions from what is determined to be essential or not, you know? Children's health care programs or children's um, food, you know, nutrition programs and things like that, where I'm using children specifically as an example, because I don't care what your politics are. If you look at a kid that has needs unmet and you think they should go unmet, you're part of the problem. Um, it, it is a it is a whole big, complex thing. But, man, it gets runaway quick. You remember in TARP? When they were rolling out all the tarp stuff and buried on like page 
5,723 was like that any arrow that was ordered by the federal government had to include feathers that were from this one particular company in like Missouri. This was the crap that makes it into these government um, programs, right? They got they got some cousin that owns a freaking feather factory in Missouri, and this dude's making it into a federal bailout program. I mean, those are that's part of the problem. It's all the problem, and it's on <laughs> both sides. And oh it's, yeah. It's everywhere. What did you say a minute ago about the blame? You said it was that was a great a great comment you made. That blaming one side or the other is almost as bad as the Oh, it's the same. The blame is as partisan <laughs> as the argument itself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. I want that license plate. I know it's too many characters. The blame is as partisan as the argument itself. Yeah, it's not yeah, there's no objectivity to the blame or the argument it's just about the ideals of the i was party. watching shark tank last night and there was a guy who had um you watch shark tank right yeah you guys love shark tank i, I love do. shark tank yeah, even I like though shark i recognize tank. it to be like an infomercial for businesses is yeah kind of what it is um, but there was a guy who <laughs> owned a, a shop in santa monica called the av anyhow he gets down to just him and Mark Cuban, and Mark Cuban's like, well, how much do you pay yourself? And the dude's basically like, all of it. And the guy and Mark Cuban's like, whoa, you, like your profit was 150 grand, and you like took it all? And the dude was like, yeah. And Mark Cuban's like, mm, I've lost a lot of money dealing with super cool guys. And mm. basically was like, could you go back to living on macaroni and cheese for a while? And the dude was like, no. Like, I don't need to. And then in the after interview, the guy was like, I'm not going back to macaroni and cheese. And he walked out and I was like, oh, that's like the problem with like the current state of government expenses. We need to go back to macaroni and cheese, folks. We need macaroni to go back to good. the federal <laughs> government needs to cancel right. the cable and quit going to Starbucks. Yep. All right. We got the top of the hour. Five minute break. We get back. We'll have a whole nother hour of Mortgage Matters. And we do hope that you stick around. It's the new year. I was curious. Um, any resolutions this year, Dan? Oh, just like a generic health resolution. Just try to get a little health. Try to do my, you know, 60 minutes a day of activity. Get out of the chair. Yeah. You know, it's hard to... You get in a rut as you get older and have that working life and family life. It's hard to yeah. Where do you find your you carve time? out some you time and not just the you time where you can unwind and relax, but the you time where you're like 
bettering your body. Yeah, I find that um, one of the things you have to do is you have to figure out body-wise the the thing that uh, makes you relax and is fun for you too, because you you have to figure out how to combine all that time into one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you still surf? Not not as no, surfing's no. hard when you have it's, a home uh, and a family. It stopped with yeah. Uh, yeah it it really cut back with children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan and I used to surf all the time until Ashton was born. So the nine. I mean, it's years a couple hours. It's not like going for a run where it's you know mm. a half hour thing or whatever yeah. or doing a. It's like a couple. Of, you might as well just say three hours. Yeah. If you want to make it worth your while, you want to be out in the water for like two hours, mm, you're hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, till the yeah. arms start to yeah. <laughs> start yeah. to not work like they're supposed to. But yeah, it's hard to to do that to carve out that much time. That's a lot of time. Well, you know, there's the suiting up and everything, and then there's cleaning everything afterwards. Yeah. And it's so, just that's yeah. a lot of time. Hard mm-hmm. to get three hours yeah. of you time mm-hmm. when you have a job and. Two young kids. Oh, yeah. That's like a Sunday thing. You can do that <laughs> on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And surfing doesn't lend itself very well to surfing once a week. Mm-mm. It's hard to be yeah. in surfing shape and enjoy your time out there when you're once a week. And then sometimes travel. the weather doesn't cooperate with you on that one day that you get to go. Yeah, or most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I can almost tell you that, like, Mother Nature says, all right, he's leaving a Tascadero. Cue the wind. Squash the swell. Where's that bitter cold? Blow it all out. On shore. I'm trying to find basketball in my life again. That used to be a big thing when I had a hoop in my driveway growing up. Maybe you should have seen that. My driveway isn't good for that. I have a downsloping driveway, so the further you get back, the shorter the rim gets. It's, It's just weird. And so, and then being in Morro Bay, it's like always some kind of wind going you on. You got to play the curve. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't really great for my shot. So anyway, yeah. Trying to find some. Get a bigger hoop. <laughs> Get a bigger go. hoop. Smaller ball. Just a bigger. Well, <laughs> yeah. you need the consistency of the same ball. But just get a bigger hoop and still aim for the very middle of it. Like, there but just yeah. it'll be like a double size hoop so that when the wind blows it, it's like a you know okay it's offsetting equalizing. You're not getting an advantage. Good you know? suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll probably be able to get one on Prime, and it'll be there by the time you get home. Yeah. Did you do most of your Christmas shopping this year on Amazon Prime? Um, I don't do very much of the Christmas shopping, um, but let's see here. I did, of the gifts for my wife that I purchased, I did at least half of them in an actual store. I don't think... uh, It was about 50% in local retail stores, and then... I don't think I did anything this year online. No online? Yeah. Nice. Kind of tired of the online thing, to be honest with you. And also, I think because, too, is that people make their wish list. And it's like, well, hey, here's the thing. You can just click this and then... Basically, I've picked it out, and you just pay for it. That'd be a great gift for me. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. part of the fun of giving a gift is that you like try to figure out what they want. Yeah, well, or yeah, something that you think they want, or, or that's meaningful or, between yeah. me and them, or yeah. 
things that you don't even know you want because I figured out in my life something that's great that you might like to try to get into, mm-hmm. you know? Anyhow. It would be interesting to see how all of the uh, retail sales numbers and all that stuff come out when they come out. Yeah. And we'll see if there's still a government shutdown happening. I wonder when we get that behind us. Before the show, I was mentioning to you that I have a buddy that is a federal employee. And his Facebook posts were very political in nature. Like, oh, Trump, you know, wish I was valued as an employee and not just a, you know, disposable piece of scum. And then, you know, of course, then there comes the choir right behind him. Oh, yeah, you know, you're you're the best and the president's the worst. And and I just was like, oh, that's a bummer that you're like reacting so strongly to all that. And then the next, like, two days later, it was like, uh, here's us and the family, like, vacationing on what was clearly a flight, like, halfway around the world. And I was like, oh, check you out. You're so upset about this uncertainty that's been dropped into your life that you took off for, like, some major, major travel involving airplanes and stuff. And I think it's funny, too. So, I mean, regardless of who, which side of it you're on, but they're all on the morning news this morning. Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and Donald Trump, and uh, the vice president, too, talking about the different viewpoints there. And then Nancy's like, well, we have this agenda in Congress now that I'm in charge, too. And I feel like saying, well, yeah, and Nancy, um, you have to have the president to be able to sign off on your bills. So until you... And vice versa. Everyone, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone has versa. to learn how to play nice, right? It's just basic yeah. government there, Nancy. It's like, so, yeah. You know? Yeah, so. and it's like that whole, like, playing nice in the yeah. sandbox thing. Yeah. We can't come in the sandbox, because so as soon as you come in the sandbox, to, I'm throwing to, sand in your eyes, no matter what you're coming here for. Not to quote Rodney King or anything, but can't we all just get along, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's just what's going to have to happen. Getting along is an essential well, part not, of life. I'm not going to tell you what my politics are, but I want you to know that if my side caves, yeah. I am madder than heck, and I'm yeah. never going to forgive him. Yeah, Don't I cave. Know. Fight yeah. to the bitter end. Yeah. Fight, fight, fight. Can we shut down that to por- the part of the post office? Oh, <laughs> maybe that's just what we need to get back to is like a um, a courtyard type of setting where there's like a field. Like a gladiator style thing. Government fight club? Yeah, for like the budget. <laughs> Just you get to get it, get it, get down in there, and whoever lives gets to have their say on whoever if can that survive build. the lion. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> no, it's such a mess, right? Isn't it such a mess? Yeah, it is. It's such a mess. Now, can we shut down the part of the post office that delivers the junk mail? <laughs> is that non-essential? That is non-essential. <laughs> yeah. If you that shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> if yeah. you do the uh, the opt out thing, which you you guys are familiar with, this right? I feel like I've done it, and I still get the junk mail. Too much junk mail. Yeah. It supposedly cuts down on your junk mail. Oh well. You get that big bundle once a week. That's all the uh, ads yeah. and the junk. See, it's all it's there. So my recycling bin is out, you know, at the corner where the trash cans are 
are stored. And so that's obviously the closest part where they go to the street, right? Also happens to be right next to the mailbox. So when I get the mail, I open the mail. And out of habit now, my first few steps are just moving towards the recycling bin. And as I get near the recycling bin, I'm like, hmm. This is going to be, oh, man, there's nothing in this stack that needs to come in the house. Again, it's like a couple pre-approved credit card offers. Oh, Here's yeah. a refinance your mortgage offer that looks like it's from my lender, but it's not. Yeah. And here's some ads and yeah, yeah, a magazine I didn't subscribe to. <laughs> and, then, and then there'll be like a mailer for like a grocery store or something, and I'm like, um everybody so we're all we're all representing different parts of the county here i'm still really angry about this grocery store business you guys what grocery store business um i have spencer's right down the street from my house it's amazing you're lucky for that i don't um in so you know there was the whole thing with albertson's right and so then the the anti-monopolies came through and made them sell a bunch of it to whatever that crap store was from uh, Oregon or yeah. whatever. That is that Kroger's? Or? No, 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 no. It was... Um, anyway. I can't think of it. Anyhow, they took our Albertsons mm-hmm. and they turned it into something that thought it was Whole Foods, but it wasn't. Yeah, and it it, it tanked really yeah, quickly. Yeah, really fast. Yeah. And then... Um, and now it's a Smart and Final, right? Mm-hmm. And Smart and Final is not really a grocery store Ours became a food for less down in South County. Yeah, and we have a food for less. Mm-hmm. Um, and food for less, I, I don't really want to be too disparaging to them because I think that they do a pretty good job of what they do. But food for less is a lot of like, uh, mm-hmm. I, my, here's my theory anyway, and tell me if I'm wrong. I think food for less gathers up things that are about to expire from all the other Whoa. stores, and they bring them to food for less <laughs> to sell for. I don't have an ex- enough uh, experience. I don't. The only thing I don't like about Food for Less is I don't like the maze. You have to go through this maze. Yeah, I, they do I that. They do that. that. They force you to thing. go down every and hour. I refuse yeah. to go to Food for Less for that reason. I, I don't just walk like the in maze. the exit and yeah. then go right to where I want to go when I have yeah. to go there. But bottom line is, in Atascadero, we have Vaughn's. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is that, because um, Vaughn's is a very good store. They've remodeled it. They have great stuff. Um, high quality stuff um, and good sales. I can't say enough good things about them. I like Vons. Um, it's slammed all day, every day, because it's the only grocery store that we have now. Otherwise, you can go to um, Food for Less and go do the maze thing, right? For all the weird, you know, stuff or um, Smart and Final, which is like restaurant supply or something. Man, that stuff's huge and. I've been going a Not lot. Not very many choices. You guys don't have them yet, but you might be getting one. I've been going to that Aldi's in a rug randy. It's yeah, fantastic. we don't have that. It's really we, great. There isn't even a prospect of something like that in a task. Oh, I love it. We don't it. even have a place I for it. I love it. The old yeah. Gottschalks building is was like a Forever 21, and it's about to reopen as like a... Is it? Maybe an Aldi's, actually. Yeah, I, I really like it. Oh, it's it. going to be a grocery actually, store? It's really good. I believe so. I believe uh, it's supposed to be like a high end, like a. That is oh, an enormous in, building here in San Luis. Yeah, Sprouts, Sprouts, mm-hmm. which Sprouts yeah. is kind of like a Whole Foods, right? Yeah, 
Wow. Whole Foodsy type of thing. They've been working on that a lot. If you go over by there. The last time I was over there, they just had it all opened up and you could see through it. And I was like, man, that is an enormous building. Yeah, it really is a big (laughs) building. Well, Gottschalk's was there because the city didn't want them to double deck it. Uh, So that's why they spread out the department store thing. It's still really tall. But. Yeah, it's like tall enough to be a double decker, isn't <laughs> Definitely. it? Definitely. Yeah. But you got to have it to be twenty four feet tall for the <laughs> ventilation. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Sprouts. So right there, that's a pretty good little corner because you got Gross Out down on the corner. Um, there's right? the Ralphs right there. The Ralphs and now Sprouts. And then you're right next to Costco, right next to Whole Foods, yeah. and now you're gonna have a Sprouts there too. That's like food mecca. For being able to grocery shop right there. Mm-hmm. I stopped into Whole Foods yesterday. I don't know about you guys. Um, I went to Whole Foods yesterday because I was down and slow meeting with some clients. And I was before I go back over the hill, I was running to Whole Foods. His wifey wants some sauerkraut. So I go into Whole Foods. Do you know how much a sauerkraut was at Whole Foods? <laughs> I'm sure it's 20% more than anywhere else. <laughs> it was $16 for like a pickle-sized jar of sauerkraut. It was probably organic and it was all conflict-free. Oh, yeah, and, no, it was yeah. all that. Yeah, <laughs> dude. It's fair trade, organic, <laughs> gluten-free, no GMO, live cultures, probiotics. All stuff. I had it all. I had it all. Um, and it was $17, and I was like, mm. Did you feel good eating it? I didn't buy it, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. I walked. I just take some cabbage and ferment it myself. There we go. I don't know how you do that, but we made some homemade sauerkraut <laughs> or uh, horseradish. Yeah. Are we talking about horseradish or sauerkraut? sauerkraut. sauerkraut. Never mind. <laughs> I'll save that for the next conversation. I don't think it's. <laughs> yeah. So I walked out. I did. I left, and it was like an odd feeling going into a grocery store. It took me a long enough time to find it, and then I looked. and was like, "Oh, it's no way!" So I like why well, called my wife when I was like getting back in my car. I'm like, "Can you believe they charge seventeen dollars for sauerkraut at Whole Foods?" And she's like, "Wow, that's really expensive." And then immediately is like, "But you know, the good stuff's not cooked, right? Because if it's cooked, then it doesn't have the same probiotics." And I'm like. <laughs> Do you want me to go back in and buy seventeen dollars sauerkraut? Like I, all I was gonna do was like put it on a hot dog. <laughs> that's not entirely true, but when I was a kid, that's what that's what we did with sauerkraut at my house. Anyway, I don't even remember why. How did we start talking about grocery stores? I don't remember why I started telling you that I was upset about the grocery stores. <laughs> Federal workers in the grocery stores. The grocery stores. Talking about the federal people not being able to go to get their groceries or something. Maybe. Maybe that's what it was. Um, Well, we should probably do our commercial break. Um, Get back on track here. Yeah. Collect ourselves. I just found myself on a grocery store rant. I don't even know why. You must be hungry. I am hungry. It's getting close to lunchtime. It's also looking like the storm is a brewing out there. Those trees yeah, I see the trees blowing really waving me. now. I've been watching that tree behind me over here to the left. Of course, that's really great a visual for radio. But anyway, yeah, yeah. All <laughs> you're right. not locked into the conversation <laughs> here. Well, well, you know, I am. <laughs> the tree is way more interesting. Yeah. All right, Jim, push the break button now. 
To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-4783. NMLS number 328. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. guys welcome back you've been playing the same band for like uh rush yeah who's uh, the drummer the me, drummer man. from rush is awesome oh he's amazing i'll look it up but yeah i mean i couldn't name the band members i just like rush but spirit of the radio is this one of course, Working Man, we played that one. Tom Sawyer. Neil Pert. There we go. Yeah. They're one of those bands that I haven't actually had a chance to see yet. So. I remember in that movie, um, The Wedding Singer, which is a great movie. If you've never seen it, you have to see it. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in The Wedding Singer where... She's wearing a his rush shirt and he says, And take my rush shirt off before you jinx the band and they break up. <laughs> I never I never saw Rush. Yeah. I never went down that rabbit hole. I know they're great. Oh, I love <clears throat> I love the music, yeah. I uh you mentioned VA during the break and I wasn't sure. Did I say VA before the break? Mm, no. 
I was distracted going right into the break and then throughout the whole break because I I read an article earlier this week. I didn't save it because I didn't think I wanted to talk about it. And then um, in kind of like scouring the old brain pad here for things that I wanted to talk about right now, I wanted to talk about VA. So anyway, um, then you mentioned VA during the break to me, and I was like, did I say something? Anyhow, um so couple that I met with yesterday is a VA couple, right? Um, they're transplants here from San Diego and were referred to me by a local real estate agent that, that likes me in the way that we work. So that's awesome. And um, so these guys are like retiring, you know? Um, the Our veteran of the two, he is retired already he's 80 and our co-borrower his wife is a little bit younger she's 67 um she's winding down working so she's not totally done yet but she's eager to to work a lot less this year and in years going forward right so they wanted to do a va loan and um one of the interesting things about that was that I told her, um, hey, let's do – I don't even remember how it came out. I probably asked him, are you a veteran by chance? Because it's always a long shot. But if you are, that's a that's like the haymaker. What a great loan. Um, and so it turns out that they're veterans. And um, I, I failed to mention she came to me from another lender. And um, so – I said, well, let's do a VA loan. And she said, well, I don't want to do a VA loan because the rates are the same and they have that big, huge funding fee. And I'm like, what? The rates are the same? Oh, yeah. She said, the company that I was with, and then I went out and I looked around online everywhere and the rates were the same everywhere I looked. It was like matched the conventional rate. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Because... We've talked about this on the show a bit, but those VA loans make so much stinking money. They're so easy to do, and they make so much money, um, even at the normal rate. So generally speaking, the VA interest rate is about three-eighths of a point in interest lower than a conventional loan. And you could broaden that out to say government loans. That would be your VA FHA and your USDA. Yeah, they're um, yeah, those are the govies, and they have the benefit of a lower interest rate because they're a government insured loan. It's this is not, you know, with Fannie and Freddie still in conservatorship after all these years. There's this, um, there's still those are only those are the government sponsored loans. Okay, they're not the actual government insured. Um, there are some guarantees, and as you well know, guarantee is not insurance. So there's real benefit in terms of the the interest rate to the borrower for an actual government-insured loan. You get an interest rate savings. And, yes, it takes careful consideration. Like when we evaluate an FHA loan for you, let, let's say you're not a veteran, you're a first-time homebuyer, you have 5% down, and we need to look at how you can best buy this house with 5% down, that could be a conventional loan. It could also be an FHA loan. There is no one-size-fits-all. It has to do with your credit score largely. If you have a credit score that's over 740, 
um, chances are the conventional loan will win handily. If you have an average credit score that's 680, chances are the FHA loan is just so superior beyond compare that you're going to end up with an FHA loan. Um, and again, there are pros and cons there that we need to discuss. One of them has life of loan mortgage insurance. The other one does not. So you have to figure out how to how to quantify that and make a determination there. But um, so anyhow, on the on this this couple in particular with this VA loan, um, I just kind of shake my head. Is like, man, that's a bummer. Um, there are so many companies out there that charge so much money to do a VA loan and. Um, so few of people talk about this um, because it's not something that you can put into a 15 or 30 second radio commercial, uh, but it is something that we have time to discuss here on the show. So um, if you're a veteran or you're active duty um, or you're considering being active duty or someone that you work with is active duty or a family member or whatever, if somebody in your life is eligible for a VA loan, I want you to listen to me right now. Um, Not all VA lenders are equal. All VA lenders are approved by VA to be a VA lender. We all have the same licensing and offer the same product. However, um, these VA loans are, um, they're a cash cow. And so, you can, if you're offering a conventional loan at 5% or a VA loan at 5 or 4.875, you're making two or three or four times the income on the VA loan than you could. You being the bank or the loan officer. Yeah, the bank or the loan officer. Whereas for a company like us, right, if the conventional loan is 5%, the VA loan's probably 4.625. Um, that difference in rate, makes a big difference to you. It might change your payment by a hundred bucks or more a month, right? Which over a year is twelve hundred bucks, which over a decade, you know, all of a sudden we're talking tens of thousands of dollars. And in the case of my couple here, um, you know, they're on retirement, right? They're and and she like I said, she still works, but she's looking forward to moving into retirement. So therefore moving from the earning years of life into the fixed income period of life where the lowest payment possible each month is a driver, isn't it? I mean, when you're on a fixed income, it's like we were talking about the budget stuff earlier. If you're on a fixed income, would you rather pay $2,000 a month for your home uh, loan or would you rather pay 1800 a month for your home loan? I'll, I'll take the 1800 please. Even <laughs> if there's a funding fee that makes your loan balance... $6,000 higher? I still make 360 payments on the loan uh-huh. at $200 a month cheaper every month. Uh-huh. I'm going to take the cheaper payment, Bob. You need a, <laughs> you need a VA loan then. And, um, and regularly, we hit this point with people where um, because other lenders aren't – they're just not being truthful about that, right? They're um, – if they show the same rates, it's a, the, then there doesn't appear to be a real benefit. If the rate's the same, why would you do the VA loan and get the funding fee? Um, and so consequently now, I'm sort of drawing you into the end conclusion here, is where you have a company um, that offers a conventional loan and a VA loan, if I make the interest rates the same, the only real benefit for you to even go VA was if you wanted to do 100% financing, Right. Um, in which case they'll gladly do it because they're going to make quadruple the money and they're going to attract those buyers that have no down payment. That's their only ticket to the dance, right? Um, 
it's in my estimation of it, it's just not fair. That whole mm. thing's not fair. Um, people that have a down payment might still do a VA loan. And this is a great example of it. This couple that I'm talking to you about right now, they're putting $175,000 down. It still makes more sense to do a VA loan. Yes, there is a funding fee of 2.15%. Yes, that's kind of expensive. And yes, it gets tacked onto the tail end of the loan. However, if we know that and we talk about that, we're all comfortable with that. The point is we're saving almost $200 a month in interest. That matters, right? Um, so again, going back to that company that says, well, we offer it because it's a hundred percent financing. Otherwise the interest rate's the same. People don't really see the true benefit of it. Um, or how about this? Well, get rid of your conventional. Then you're giving people the option. If you can make quadruple the money on a VA loan, how about an advertising campaign that just brings in VA loans? Um, enter that, uh, you know, whatever. I, I feel like I might not should say the actual name of these companies. Branch of the Armed Services Federal Credit Union. Yes. <laughs> um, all of those, right? And you see them on the TV. You see them um, on the news, on the network news and things like that, right? You see them during Jeopardy, um, the Veterans Day golf tournament. You'll see these guys advertising, and they say something about – veterans or VA in the name of their company. And man, I just want you to know that when that's there, it's those are ones are criminal. And um, unfortunately there's, it's not illegal. If they gouge every customer equally, (laughs) it's okay to do that. And um, I'm not going to suggest that it's something they should feel good about. Um, But, hey, it's a business model, right? I mean, it kind of feels like the Shark Tank thing to me. Um, If you could do a look at your customer acquisition cost, right, of, you know, and this was one of the ones on Shark Tank I saw recently that they said, well, what's your customer acquisition when you use Facebook? And she said it's $7 per. So it's $7 for you to get a customer to make a sale with you. Um, and then what's your profit? And so, well, my profit's $70 on my item. So therefore you're standing in front of the people at Shark Tank, give me money because I can flood Facebook with these ads where seven bucks will make me 70 brilliant, right? That's the formula these companies have figured out with VA loans, run your TV commercials, run your radio commercials, Run your internet commercials. Buy all of this marketing because you make so much money on doing these loans. So I felt like a little bit of a mission for me. I want people to know that um, there are products that we all compete for. Um, And in my world, I feel like I'm fighting and clawing for every deal, right? I'll do it all. Um Whatever it is, we have 50 different banks that we are selling loans to every day, and they all offer a different product or at least a different price on a different product. So I want to do a VA loan, right? Um, I'm going to undercut anybody I can to do that VA loan. In fact, we've brought on investors only for the reason that they have the lowest VA interest rate of any of the VA lenders. And... 
they don't advertise, right? They only work with companies like ours that bring them those deals so they could afford to not have marketing be a part of their markup. And, um, you know, so I find that in our world, we're competing for every single deal. Uh, we want to be considered for every single deal. Um, and importantly, I, I want all of the listeners of our show, anybody that listens to the show to know that, you know, if you are involved in a real estate transaction or you see yourself getting involved in a real estate transaction, um, you know, maybe you are inclined to call Quicken or you're in call, inclined to, to just use Wells Fargo because that's where you bank and it'll make it easier. Um, I could tell you all day long why I think that those are not the best approach, but I would only ask that just get a second opinion from us. Let me give you a fee worksheet for a VA loan. <laughs> when you compare that to the the one from, you know, whatever that national VA lender is, you'll say, wow. Um, we had a deal recently. Lauren, one of our loan officers in the North County, I know you heard about this. She Half point lower in rate. And like a $10,000 credit in closing costs. Yeah. Um, that's crazy, man. A half a point in rate in and of itself is a big deal. And then to be able to also offer what was, you know, a couple of points in closing cost credit is makes that an even bigger deal. Um, but, hey, those are the kind of deals that um, people are getting hoodwinked into. You know how Facebook, you do Facebook, right? Jim, are you on Facebook? Actually, I'm not. Yeah. Not really, no. Um it's interesting on Facebook they've gotten um they've gotten really good at that like that geo tracker component of if you go look at something, right? Like you go look at a like for me, I'll pull up VA guidelines, right? On my laptop that I'm using for work and I need to look up VA something or other. So I look it up. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Then maybe later that day I open up the Facebook thing for any variety of reasons, one of which is managing the company Facebook page, but I have VA ads. Man, they're everywhere. And I click them, and it's like this one's from nationalvalender.com that is like has a sponsored ad where now I've fallen into the algorithm because I typed VA into a web search and they want me to know that they're the place that does VA loans. And, um, oh, it's baffling. I look at their rate and I'm like, wow, this is the company that's charging five times what they should be charging. And then I look at the comments and there's these, all the servicemen and women of the of the nation are right in there going, oh, these guys did our loan, and man, are they great. And people are like, they're tagging friends, and there's all this frenzy, and I just want to comment in there like, hey, you guys, you're getting so ripped off. Uh, but I can't, right? <laughs> just, they'll delete me, and, and I'm not going to get myself into a battle with some huge national lender over the thing. But so, so anyways... This is my soapbox. Um, <laughs> this many listeners at a time. I'll be battling those huge national <laughs> lenders to say, be smarter than that. Yeah. Um, Keep fighting the fight. <laughs> it's yeah. worth it. It's worth it to let people know that. I mean, advertising is so powerful. And unless you see it every day, see these loan programs and what the profit margins are, you, you don't know. So you got you to tell people. Um, I did want to spend a little time um, talking about 
the opportunity today and the new year um, to maybe even look at at refinancing. There's a couple changes that have occurred in the industry. The big one was the loan limit, um, the conforming loan limit increases for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac business, which also affect the government loans as well. Um, in the beginning of the year, the new loan limits were um, implemented. The conforming loan limit for a one-unit property increased from 453000 up to 484000 and some change. It was an increase of 6.9% over last year's limit. And that was based on just a year-over-year um, home price increase that that the FHFA does every year. They do it every year as part of the Housing and Economic Recovery Act. Every year they're mandated to change their conforming loan limit based on the Q3 to Q3 year-over-year change in home prices. And so that change from 2017 to 2018, Q3 was 6.9%. So that's why we have that 6.9% increase in the conforming loan limit. Um, and then Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac also buy um, what they call high balance loans, which are for limited areas. And our coastal community here falls into what is considered a high cost area. So for San Luis Obispo County, the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will actually buy loans up to six hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars now in 2019. So um, that coupled with the dramatic fall in interest rates over the last month um, has led to an opportunity for people to maybe look at lowering their mortgage payment. You either got into a higher interest rate loan, you know, middle of last year to late last year, um, or you were in a jumbo loan because you just exceeded those loan amount thresholds, which those jumbo loans are typically um, at higher interest rates as well. You could look today and see with the the falling interest rates and the higher loan limits that you might be able to save a few hundred bucks a month by doing a a refinance. Um, there are costs associated with a refinance, generally in the neighborhood of you know three grand to thirty five hundred dollars, kind of depending on your situation. But that if it could- can save you a hundred bucks a month, though, and, and um, it's funny because refining sort of fallen out of fashion lately as rates crept up. Um, we used to be having this conversation so often that a lot of people were probably growing tired of hearing it. But um, yeah, if it costs you three grand to accomplish a refi, but it saves you a hundred bucks a month. Now that means at the end of year one, you will have recouped $1,200 of it. At the end of year two, you've recouped 2,400. And now with a few months Shy then of finishing year three, you will have earned back that investment of the three thousand bucks by way of saving a hundred bucks a month, and so now you have out of your three hundred and sixty month loan on month thirty one. So for the next three hundred and thirty one months, you'd be saving a hundred dollars a month. Um, that adds up really quick. So that's a great reason to refi. Um, I also want to remind people though about. Sometimes you refi um, into a shorter loan term, right? With a little drop in rates like this, if you got a good loan five years ago, maybe you did get yourself a a three, you know, a three and seven eighths or something five years ago or something, and maybe now you're earning more money. 
things are going really well, you might consider uh, looking into a 15-year loan or a 20-year loan, resetting your amortization. There's um, there's great benefit to resetting your amortization. Um, 25% of mortgage interest is paid in the first five years of a loan. So for many of us, that's our best single write-off that we ever have. So by um, if you just were able to refi at year 25, 20, 15, and 10, just to keep bringing on that, that new amortization schedule, you'd be constantly maximizing your tax-deductible advantage. Um, but then also, the other thing is, sometimes you refi, and instead of saving the 100 bucks a month right, to be able to have an extra Starbucks every couple days or something... You pay the extra hundred bucks a month, then so you refi to save a hundred bucks, and then you add the hundred bucks in there as principal. Um, we have some nifty amortization calculators that will show you um, what that does. It usually equals paying your house off a couple years early. So now, when you look at that, so at the tail end of my loan, when I'm retired or real close to retirement, I might be getting out of two years worth of two grand a month. That's a substantial amount of money right there, right? Um, so anyhow, um, Dan said it pretty well. Just to summarize, if you have a mortgage insurance, you could look into refining. If you have a jumbo loan, you might look into refining. If you have a first and second, you might look into refining. Um, and if you're just savvy and want to make sure that you're still doing the right thing, um, you just call us up. We're friendly guys. We'll have a conversation with you and say, oh, no, you know what? You should probably just stay with what you got. I had a, one of my past clients call me this week for the same thing. Oh, Jason, I got my credit score up, and I'm, I have a 780 now, so I'd, I'm wondering if, if I should refi. And so I pull up the last loan I did. It was last January, 12 months ago, and the interest rate was like 45 and so I was like, oh, Joe, you are you got what you got, buddy. You can't – there's no way to refi you into something where you're going to save any amount of money without just spending a ton of money to buy down an interest rate. So great to hear from you. We should grab a beer sometime, but you're not getting a new loan. Um, that's a worst-case scenario. That I mean, and that's smart, right? I, w- I would love to be able to do that with – um, any one of the things where I could potentially save money. Imagine if you could just call the utility company. Hey, I'm on the right plan, right? Doing good. Is there any plan I should switch to where I could save 200 bucks a month? Nope, I'm good. Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, we offer that. If you're if you think you could benefit from it, give us a call. Um, I was looking at the website. Um, did an interview with Rylan, right? Employee from eons ago. Uh-huh. It was about the show. And, um, he asked us why we did the show. And, um, you know, I said, we did, we do the show because we want, like, we believe that we have a better community. If we have savvy folks running around that, that know their way around this stuff, um, better than most. And I still think that's true. I still think we're better off for, continuing this effort of making sure that people are um, just a little bit more educated than they might be if they were listening to an hour of music or two hours of music on this Saturday morning. So um, that's cool. I also saw the actual anniversary of the first episode of Mortgage Matters. It was the very first episode was April 19th of 2008. 
That's right. So we're creeping up on it, man. <laughs> it's hard right. to believe that we've been doing this for 10 years already. Oh, wow. Um, mortgage Matters is now uh, almost seeing economic cycles. And, um, you know, so it'll be fun. We'll we'll have just more perspective to be able to look back at, um, you know, things as they as they happened last time or the way that we talked about it before. Um it sure has been a long and interesting ride. The other thing that um, made me think about when I saw that is like uh, how some things have changed and some things really haven't, right? Um, It'd be kind of interesting to play that back sometime. The, the original <laughs> show? Yeah. I don't yeah. You know. If you, I don't know. Did it make the move along not, with the radio station? If you station? guys have it, you could send it back and we could comment on that it at some point. Before we started archiving them, I think. Yeah, we had to move. In fact, we maxed out our server where we were. That was how, that was what prompted us to move over to SoundCloud. Hmm. Uh, we were uploading them to, I don't even remember what it was then. Yeah. We have the old server. Yeah, we could certainly look sure, at it. Yeah, it might be there. Send I just it, don't know if we were keeping them then. Send them back to me sometime. We could sit there and comment about it. <laughs> Play snippets of it. I was at the chiropractor yesterday, and he said, um, Jason, who's your main competition? And I was like, it's kind of taken aback by the question. So uh, I don't really know. I mean, we say competition. Like, who do I compete with? Um, a big part of it is just that we compete with perception, right? We like any business, we need to get the word out, right? That we're here. Um, and then we need to get the word out as to why you should pick us or at least consider us and the folks that you're comparing. Um, and then lastly is like, I guess I'm just competing with your, um, human nature of just going back to the bank that you got your loan from the first time like you you bank at wells fargo and so well of course wells fargo wants my business that's where i have my retirement account and um you know that's just not true i mean to tell you this too is not not to be um disappointing to you but the mortgage department and the savings department or the stock department or the IRA department, those are all very different departments. And for those big banks, they're, um, they're usually in different states. Um, I've worked for some of those banks. And when you pull up a loan application, like I get Dan Podesto's loan application. And so I go, oh, Dan Podesto wants a home loan. Um the next click is like, is he a bank customer? Yes or no? <laughs> it's not. There's no spot for that. It doesn't matter. Um, so you think, well, it'd be more convenient because they know me and they have my stuff. Um, no, they don't. You're, because you have your checking account at, at Chase doesn't mean they have your tax returns on file there. So, um, you know, and then in the end, like I picture it like those movies from the fifties where um the guy's like sitting across from the banker at the and he's like, Dan, I'm sorry, you're overextended and we can't give you a mortgage on the farm. And you're like, But Tom, our fathers knew each other and <laughs> Isn't this reminiscent of a it's a wonderful life? Kinda. Yeah. Yeah, kinda. Mr. Potter, the hey. big bad 
And then it's like guy, and then you and know, Tom's like, Dan, you know, I'd do it if I could, but you're overextended, Dan. And you're like, and then Dan's like, Tom, but I got my checking account with you, Tom. And it's as you well know, it's it's twenty thousand dollars, and I know it's not a lot, but it's all the money I have, and it's with you, Tom. I should get this loan, and Tom's like, Dan, you're <laughs> right, because your checking account's here. I'm going to get you this loan, and and. It, like some people really think that today that the like well because, in his house well, in your house <laughs> because I bank there um it makes it easier for me it really doesn't there's no advantage to it um the one advantage might be maybe 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 if you have a Wells Fargo checking account so then you have a Wells Fargo credit card and you have a Wells Fargo auto loan. So then you get your mortgage with Wells Fargo so that you at least you have one login for all your things. But bummer when I tell you this, Wells Fargo will likely sell your loan. So if that what was going to drive you over into using them and not considering anybody else, um, they might need your loan to balance out a particular package <laughs> or security and sell you off anyway. Um, you just never know. But so yeah, that, I feel like that's our biggest competition is just perception. We we need people to understand that um, there's just a better way to do it, and the better way to do it is not to walk into a brick and mortar banking establishment. Um, you ever wonder how they offer all those free checking accounts? <laughs> um, they do it with the the crazy money they make off of home loans. Um, so. Anyhow, be great. It'd be great if uh, these interest rates were to hold here and maybe even keep declining a little bit, huh? I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't complain. I mean, I'm not ready to retire right now, so the stock market getting hammered doesn't um, bum me out too terribly much. The uh, you know these trade talks with China, among others, have got to sort of settle down a little bit and see what's going on. Uh, we don't know how close any of that is. Um, the USDA thing, uh, one of the clients said, well, how long am I going to have to wait before the government will reopen? So I really have no idea. Um, nobody does. Anybody that does is is uh, making false assurances. So, um, you know, we'll just kind of be watching everything play out. Uh, and in the interim, I want to... I want to uh, just make a kind of an offer to you guys. If you have um, if you have a house and you want to look into whether it makes sense to refi, give us a call. We'll check it out. If you don't have a house and you think 2019 might just be the year where you finally get that that uh, dream uh, realized, we'd love to help you with it. We can sit down with you, get you on the path, show you what um, savings and budget and credit those things get you real realistic expectations so if, if you want to own a home and you wonder how attainable that dream really is give us a call um, and then lastly the other the other thing too is you know it's january now so you guys are going to be getting ready for tax season again and these things if you're self-employed and you've had trouble qualifying before you go and you know take advantage of all those crazy expenses and draw up your tax returns again um, if you need to refi or want to buy, um, you know, you might want to reach out to us and let us show you how, you know, writing off that haircut is going to affect your ability to qualify for a loan. So, um, 
One number rings all of our offices. It's 805-543-LOAN. You can also find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. Happy New Year, everybody, and stay safe with this uh, storm. We'll be back next week with a whole other episode of Mortgage Matters.